Hi, this is Rachel in Recovery. We've got a special guest, Marie Cat, and she's from Australia. Um, so that, I think she's our first guest from Australia. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Good day, everybody. I am Marie Kako, survivor to thriver coach, and I help women who've been through abuse to rediscover their authentic self and set healthy boundaries in their relationships. Rachel, thanks for having me. I am just honored to be on your show. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so we're going to go into some of the questions. Um, what things have you done to recover from being sexually abused? First, uh, I think for me, I've, I've been through a few therapists in my life. But to be honest, I started to forgive the person that abused me. And then I started to write out my whole story because one of the therapists said, you must write down the story and tell everything that happened to you. And that is how I felt that the more I shared it or wrote it down, the more I felt, okay, the story is it's getting easier. It's almost getting every day. It's getting easier to, and easier to tell my story. But I was lucky enough to, at the age of 17, I had that courage to go to the social worker and say, you know what, I want to... Um, I don't know what to tell, what is the word in English, but I want to get the police so that I can just say to them, this is my story, this is what happened to me, um, because I am done. And that day, the detective said to me, Marika, you are a cycle breaker, you've just broken this cycle. And I never understood that cycle thing, but yeah, fast forward 30 years or 16 years later, I do know what it means to be a cycle breaker, what it means to be sent to break all the generational curses. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> okay. Um, what has been the most helpful? I must say my husband. I was very, very, very privileged to meet my husband when I was 17. So he was with me. I was in my matric year and we've met and he was with me every step of the way. He was my support. He was, the, he, he was the punching bag. When I had my nervous breakdown, because when we are sexually abused and you can't come from a home where there is cheating and dishonesty, you as a survivor are searching for reasons not to trust your husband because I was always labeled, people labeled me with the words that you will never find a loyal husband. And that was stuck in my mind that I will never find a loyal husband. So I was always searching for faults and, and being like, if he's five minutes late, I wanted to know where are you? Are you cheating on me? I was like paranoid. Um, but luckily, my husband is my biggest supporter. He's been with me for, for 16 years now. And I, I don't think I would ever could have done it without him. Like, he was just there, and he's still just there supporting me and encouraging me to tell my story because some of the our friends said, but Marika, aren't you afraid that people is going to think that Vela, my husband, is the one that's abusing you? And I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> no, they don't. I don't think they will think that. <laughs> well, that's awesome that he's such a supporter. Um, How did your family respond? That is another thing. Um, first of all, I was I was 17 years old, and then they said that they, they didn't believe me, to be honest. For five years, I didn't speak to my sisters. 
um, yeah, just everyone just went into their corners or into their houses and looked and shut me out. Like my mom and my husband were the only ones that were really there for me um, because my mom knew. But my mom also mm. have been through things that was bad. And it's, but that's her story to tell. But I do know that because I was mad at my mom because I was like, can't you see what he's doing to me? Can't you see it? And I was like screaming and I was like trying to, you know, when you are a child, you want to give them hints. Like, hello, there's a red flag. <laughs> Please um, see these things. But I do know that my mom couldn't see it because for her it was normal because she has been through it as herself as a child too. So for her, she didn't know how to handle it because she still had to do some healing work. Um, but luckily, we are cycle breakers. We are here to break all the generational curses so that we, and it's hard for us as cycle breakers to change our whole DNA and reset our buttons. I know for, my, for me, it's trusting my husband. Um, being a perfect, not a perfect mom, but not doing the same things that I was um, going through as a child with my child um so yeah how did your community oh respond it was a small town we i'm originally from south africa <laughs> so i've moved to australia three years ago um and the community they all knew they all really knew but you know what i think it's a generational thing that you must be quiet. You mustn't tell anyone what's going on in your house. You must be quiet. No one needs to know what's going on in your house. Um, what will the people think? I know that I, when I started to tell my story, they were like, what will the people think now that you have told it? And I'm like, I don't care. I'm 17 years old. I don't care. Um, I am ready to tell my story because I have two two younger sisters, and I wanted to be their example. I wanted to show them and my mom. I still remember I was 17 years old, and the day before my dad punched my mom so hard, and I went after school. I went to her to the work to her work, and I said, "Mom, are you aren't you tired of this? Aren't you tired of this abuse?" And she said, "Yes." And that's when I decided to go to the social worker and tell my story because I had enough. I honestly had enough. Um, it was just, I think something just said, I had my husband, I flipped my husband, and it felt like he had that strength that I needed and that support and that stability in my life that I needed. And I think that that's where the courage just came from. And I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I don't care what the community say. Yes, there was <laughs> a few um, community members that knew my story, but they have been quiet for so long. I know there were teachers that knew it, but they didn't want to speak up. And that's something that is so sad because they could have prevented it from going on until I was 17 years old. But that's another story. But you know, the community, I feel like it's a generational thing that people was in a place where you couldn't speak up. You couldn't say the mm. things because what would the other people say? And now, luckily, we are in a generation where we can speak up and we can share our stories and there is support. Now, there might not be support in your community or in your family or in your close friends, 
but there's support online. I mean, podcast people like you who is doing the things so that we can have a community to say, you know what, we have a voice. We can do it together. We don't have to be alone. We have our tribe. And that's all good. That's all good to have someone or a support system. Even if you don't know the people, there is always a support system. That's awesome. Um, how did, um, was there any re-victimization or victim no. blaming? No, for me, it was like, honestly, I have never used my past as a victim. I feel like I'm an old soul. I don't know why, but I have never used my past as a victim. I have never said, because that happened to me, I don't have an opportunity in life. I don't have, I can't have a, um, can't, I will always be poor or I will bad. I don't think you, uh, let me, let me explain re-victimization. Was there anybody in your community that you felt used the information and took your oh, dad's yes. side? The master detective. He said, I asked for okay. it when I went to give the claim. And he was like, you asked for it. That's why it happened. Yes. Okay. I mean, or did any, like, were you shunned any as of, no. you know, when you spoke out? Okay. That's what, oh. you know, or, you know, other than him, there was no, you know, no. nobody else blamed no. you for the abuse. It was just him that all said to me that I've asked. Okay. And that's, that was just like, oh, okay. I was a child, but okay. Okay. All right. Um, how has this impacted your career? I must say for me, I, I was always a hard worker. So I was like, I didn't, didn't want to, because we grew up very poor. And I said to myself, never in my life again. Will I be in a situation where I don't have money, to be honest? And I have was two days after my matric year and I started to work. And I've never stopped working. Um, I've been, I was a hard worker and I've leveled up in all the places that I've been through and I've learned so much. And now I can honestly say I've used those tools to create my own business. And yes, in my business, I am using it as a strong foundation my past as a strong foundation to build my empire because that is something that happened to me. I was trauma. It was trauma, but it didn't traumatize me for life. It was things that had to happen so that I can be the one. I'm the chosen one to tell my story and to be a support system for other women. And that is something that is just stuck in my mind and my goal. I need to help other women. I need to be the survival guide. I need to be the voice for them. And I think that is just, driven for me for the last 16 years is that's what's driving me to do what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Um, how is this, how did this impact your dating oh, life? My goodness. Right uh, before you were married. To be honest, I was, uh, I was, I, I was always feeling like I didn't have a boyfriend because all of them was afraid of my dad, to be honest. But I have, I don't know what you call it in English, but I was just like, not one night stands, but people were just like, I would kiss them and that was it. But I had never had a 
relationship where I felt it for me it was like I was thinking that I was spiting them for not being their girlfriends and um, or being uh, yeah I don't know I was not but I like like I said I was happy I met my husband when I was 17 years old and he's the only one that I've ever been with after everything that happened so but it did it did um it did affect our relationship because he was the punching bag. He was the one that I always was struggling to trust. I really struggled with trust issues with my husband. And he sometimes, he couldn't understand why I was feeling like this, why I, why I was like angry. And oh my goodness, I was living on anger. I was just always ready for, for an argument. <laughs> but yeah, luckily I grew up. of healing too um you know and i think that happens in a lot of marriages um we've had a lot of people on our show um we've even had like significant others you know on our show and how it's impacted their relationship um so that's actually pretty standard especially if you haven't worked through your stuff before you're married and at 17 it's hard to work through that stuff without really even to find the resources. Um, how is, I mean, I think we've talked about how it's impacted your marriage. Do you want to go into any more detail um, on that? The only thing that I have learned in the last three years after moving to Australia was that I didn't need to seek, I, I had to leave my 16 year old on my 30th birthday. Uh, we left to Australia, and, and that's the day that I've decided to leave my 16-year-old vulnerable me there at South in South Africa at the airport. Um, because for 30 years I was always feeling like a people's pleaser, and I was like needing to seek validation in someone else to know my own worth. But for the last three years, moving to Australia, I rediscovered who I truly am, and oh my goodness, I love myself. I love the way who I am. I needed to do some ripping off labels of the people I've put up so many labels on that, on my body. And now my husband and my relationship is just more open because I don't need to seek for validation to know my worth in him. And I trust him more. No, I, I trust him fully, but I did never, I always said, if he marries me, he loves me. If he gives me, a ch if he gives me a child, <laughs> he loves me. And now I am at this point in my life where, I don't need to be afraid that he's going to cheat on me or anything like that because I know my worth and he knows his worth and together we are just stronger and we are like balancing each other out. So that's a good thing. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I'm, you know, you are so lucky to find uh, a good I'm guy like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how has this impacted your, oh my or how has this affected your parenting? Yeah, that was a stressful thing, to be honest, because they gave me this child, this baby, they put it on my chest, he, he, they put him on my chest, and I was like, oh my goodness, what do I have to do with this child? And for the first four years, it was like, I was just like awesome, awesome mom, mom. I just wanted to spend time with him and things. And then he hit, he was four, and then suddenly, 
I was starting to say to push him away. I was really starting to push him away. So like he couldn't he couldn't cuddle me, he couldn't hug me because I was then so afraid that there was maybe a monster inside of me and I would hurt my child. Uh, so I was just pushing him away and say, no, I don't like hugs or anything, just stay in your lane. And that's when one of my best friends or good friends said, Marika, that is why it was happening on at this stage in your life. When you were a child, that is why you are pushing him away. Um, so yeah, all the trauma and things. But I, I learned how to read books and how to, because personal development is something that I'm very into the last three years especially my mind second thing and now i i don't still don't like him cuddling me all the time but i am making notice that he likes to be cuddled. so i will give him a hug and i will kiss him on his forehead and that's all good but it was for me hard to not because sometimes i would hear my mom in my voice i would hear my dad in my voice i would hear my grandma in my voice and it was something that no, 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 no. I was sent to break generational curses, and that's something that I'm reminding myself each day. I was sent to break generation. That means I can't repeat old habits, I can't repeat the past. I need to find ways, and it's hard, it's really hard to feel like you're a good mom and that you're doing the best that you can for him. Um, but yeah, there is we just need to go on and move on and Get better every day, grow. Mari Cat will be back next week at 10 a.m. for the next part two. And always, thanks for listening to Rachel and Recovery. Tune in to us on your favorite podcast. Follow us on your favorite social media platform. And if you have any questions, reach out to rachelandrecovery.com. And we are on YouTube if you would like to subscribe and follow. Thanks.